The following message is preached by Dustin Logan. Dustin is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lambrook, Arkansas, a church that is laboring for a Christ-centered harvest beginning in the heart of the Delta. For more information, please visit www.fbclambrook.com. Now with a message from God's Word, here is Pastor Logan. Bible's book of Colossians, chapter number 1 this morning, and uh, we're going to look at verse number 11 down through verse number 14, and we're continuing a thought that we began last week called The Struggle is Real. And I wonder if there's anybody in here that would be vulnerable enough and willing and honest enough that would say that there are some things in my life that I have struggled with. If that's you, uh, would you be willing to say amen if that is you? And uh, there are things that we do struggle with, but we're not alone in our struggles. How many glad of that? Say amen. And if you want to follow along in the notes this morning, I want to encourage you to text that number that I encouraged you to do a little while ago. Text the word notes to 205-0600. That's 870-205-0600. Kind of get you used to that. And I want to just remind you of it. And uh, Colossians chapter number 1, verse 11 through verse number 14, talking about the struggle. The struggle we're talking about this morning is the struggle to remember and to accept what God has already done for you. The struggle to accept or maybe the struggle to remember what God has already done for you. How many of you have ever struggled? You probably don't want to admit this and that's okay. Uh, how many of you ever struggled or faced a uh, cockroach infestation? That's not any fun, is it? Uh, Tony Evans tells us that one of the reasons why we struggle with that infestation is because we go about dealing with it the wrong way. You see, oftentimes when somebody has a cockroach infestation, uh, they see that cockroach come out on the counter and it's crawling across those dishes and comes across the dish strainer and it's crawling everywhere and uh, you automatically smack it like that, right? And uh, maybe you squish it or, or maybe you grab something and you grab the flash water and get a hold of it somehow. And when you do that, you're dealing with that one cockroach. Maybe you run it over to the corner on the floor and you smash it and you, you got to get that twist, right? You got to get that twist. Y'all ever seen the 80s, the dancing in the 80s? They had that twist going on. Can I get an amen? You, you got to get it going. You, you twist it in. You, you make sure he's dead and good and he's not coming back because here's the thing about it. Cockroaches, I think they say, can live for a day and a half under the water. They can live, I think, up to a week without their head. I mean, they're aggressive and they're tough. But when you go about dealing with the problem the wrong way, your infestation is only going to continue to get worse. Because when you kill that one, the problem is that that one represents a family of many more. You may only see that one, but tucked in the walls of your home, there's hundreds of cockroaches that you don't see. Maybe tucked back in the closet of your bedroom, in the dampness of that dark corner, there's cockroaches that you don't see. Maybe in those cold sink drains, or maybe in that dishwasher, they're tucked back in places and crevices that the eye does not recognize. So dealing with that one roach does not address the entire problem. 
And until the entire problem is dealt with, you will continue to deal with a manifestation of cockroaches. So in order to deal with the problem correctly, you've got to call on help. You've got to call on not Terminex. Can I get an amen? You've got to call on somebody that has the ability to deal with the bigger problem. You, by yourself, can deal with the little one roach here, one roach there, but you've got to call a professional that has an authorization to use certain chemicals and to use certain pesticides to deal with the bigger problem. And as a Christian, we go through life and we try to address this sin and we try to address that sin. This little thing pops up in our life or maybe a flashback from the past comes into our life and we start to be fascinated by that thing and we start to be stoked by that thing that gives us a problem and the eyes of the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life begin to work in our heart and so we smash it. But the problem is, guess what? It's going to come back. And you have to have someone else to deal with your problem for you. And the only person that can truly deal with the bigger problem is Jesus. You and I need someone that can come in and He doesn't need our help. All He needs us to do, watch this, is open the door and give Him access to the house. He doesn't need us to follow Him from room to room to room or from closet to the basement to the attic. He doesn't need us to follow Him from one place to the other to help Him address the problem. All He needs us to do is open up the door and say you have full access to do whatever you've got to do to deal with the problem and I'm going to leave while you do what your work that only you can do. But see, what would happen if you opened up the door and said, okay, you've got access to the whole house. Just don't go in that closet. But the problem is that closet is where your problem is coming from. You see, God doesn't want you and I just to give Him a little bit of access to the house and say, okay, you've got access to my whole heart, but Lord, there's a closet in my heart that I don't want you dealing with because when you open up that closet, you're going to find some skeletons that Lord, I kind of enjoy pulling out those skeletons every now and then and reminiscing over those things. God wants full access to your life. And as long as you continue to resist God's working completely and let Him do His thing, that problem will continue and continue. It went on in the church of Colossae. There were some things in the church of Colossae that they wanted help with, but the world kept luring them towards other attractions. There were some doctrines that this apostle Paul had established, and there's a man by the name of Epaphras who is preaching to this church of Colossae. Paul is his mentor. And there are some doctrines that Jesus has established and that Paul is preaching and that Epaphras is teaching. But while the good preaching is going on, there's also some bad preaching going on that's drawing them and attracting them to it. So I wonder in your life today, what are you struggling with? Have you accepted the things that God has already done in your life? Given Him full access to embrace the blessings 
of those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Stand with me if you would as we read the Word of God in Colossians chapter number 1. And I'm preaching this morning on struggling to remember what God has already done. If you're in Colossians chapter number 1, verse 11 through 14, we're going to recognize three blessings for you today that God has already done. If you're there, would you say amen? Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption, even uh, through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I want to preach this morning on these three blessings that we just read. I hope you recognize them. If you didn't, I'm going to share them with you in just a moment. But first, let's bow for a word of prayer and ask the Lord's blessing upon this time together. Father, we want to thank You for Your Word. We want to thank You for the opportunity to open it up and to read it. And we know that as we read Your Word, You've promised to give us spiritual understanding. You've promised, Lord, that if we have ears to hear, that You'll speak to us today with the Spirit would direct us in as the church. Speak to our individual hearts. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today or listening in today that may not know You as their Savior, they're struggling with that struggle. Lord, may You work in their heart the work of faith and repentance that You may get the glory. We know there's no greater blessing than knowing Jesus Christ as Savior. So do it today, we ask in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Look with me at verse number 11 as we consider these three blessings. As we struggle in this life, one of the reasons why we struggle is because we forget or maybe we haven't accepted the blessings that God has already given us. Number one, the first blessing we find is in verse number 11 and it's the first word, you are strengthened by God. I wonder if you've ever gone through your life and maybe there are certain days that you feel weak. You feel like you can't go any further. You feel like you can't make it to the end of the week. You're waiting for Friday to get here. You're waiting for Friday to get here. You're just waiting on the weekend. You got plans and you know you want to do this and you're like, man, I don't think I can make it out of this mess that I'm in. I don't think that I can persevere. I don't think I can push through. But God's Word tells us that we are strengthened with all might, not by ourselves, but by God the Father. I wonder what are some things that drain you? Let me just deal with one thing that often drains most of us here, and that is bad news. Does bad news drain you? When you turn on the channel and all you see is this is going wrong and this global news and this catastrophe here and this pandemic here and this struggle here, this financial crash over here, uh, the stock market is broke, you're fixing to lose your security, you're fixing to lose your 401k, you're fixing to lose your retirement. When all of those things are flashing before you, do you know what that does to you? That weakens you. I mean, it, it really takes the wind out of your sails. How many know what I'm talking about? Say amen. And that's why we want to look to the Word of God and learn that God wants you to be strengthened, not weakened. 
And that's one of the reasons why as we do this community prayer time, every weekday at 7 a.m., we include a segment on there for positive headline news. Because we need some positive news. But how many of you know this morning that there is no greater positive news than the gospel of Jesus Christ that we find here in this Scripture. No greater news than the death of the Son of God and God the Son who would die at a cross for your sins and my sins, who would be buried in a grave and get risen up the third day to prove Himself that He could conquer death, hell, and the grave and be victorious over sin and over every temptation that you and I face. There's no greater news than that. And we can be strengthened with that news. We can be strengthened with knowing that He is in control. The problem with bad news is that if you listen to bad news long enough, you'll start believing that that is the only reality that exists. If all you listen to is the alphabet news of your choice and you don't have your face in the book, you'll only start believing and be reminded. That's the key. It's not just what you know. It's what's fresh on your mind. You see, there are some things that have happened in my life. They're tucked in this brain of mine. I know that they're there. But you know what? I have forgotten some of those things. I don't remember them. They're not as fresh on my mind. But if God's Word becomes like that in my life to where I once gave my life to Jesus, but I'm not continuing that daily relationship, it'll be like stale bread in the oven. It won't be fresh. And I will forget that God wants me to be strengthened and not weakened. I want to encourage you this morning that you can choose to believe last night's news anchor or you can believe the good news of God's Word that you read in your devotion time this morning. Which one is it going to be? You can believe the report that you went to bed last night hearing from the news anchor how terrible everything is. Politics, money, economy, immigration policies, health crisis, global catastrophes. You can go to bed thinking about that or you can go to bed believing the good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Which one do you want? Because if you want the problem to be dealt with. When you open up the door of your heart and you say, okay, God, you've got access, one of the pesticides for sin that God's going to use is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what cures the problem. We aren't strengthened by the bad news. We are weakened by the bad news and we're strengthened by the good. You ever heard the saying, junk in, junk out? What are some things that help us to be strengthened? Well, your spiritual diet will help you to be strengthened. Look with me, if you would, at 1 Timothy chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. And let's look at these first eight verses. 1 Timothy 4, verse number 1. Here, here are some of those bad news moments. Are you ready? These are some of those cockroaches that crawl into your mind that try to uh, distract you and try to infest you and try to overcome your life. And you got to squash them. But you can't squash them one by one. you got to let God take care of them. Are you ready? You want to see what they are? Verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith. That's the, that's the problem. When you let these things into your life, when you let that bad news into your life and you start listening to it and listening to it and listening to it, and that's all you're listening to, you're going to depart from the faith. 
You're going to leave the household of God. You're not going to want to be with God's people. You're not going to want to be with God. You're not going to have a relationship with Jesus. You won't want any of that. You're going to depart. And that's why we have to deal with it. He says, they will, watch this, give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Did you know that there are religions that forbid people to marry? Even though it's a religion, it looks good. But this is part of the problem. They command to abstain from meats, which God hath created. Verse 4, For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused. It shall be received with thanksgiving. Verse 6, watch this. But if thou, brethren, put in what? Remembrance. I want to remind you today to be reminded that God wants you to be strengthened with the good things of God. Continue reading. Remembrance of these things. Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. What's the next word? Nourished. So there's your intake. There's the word. There's the dietary word right there. Nourished. Do you want your body to be nourished like it's supposed to be? Of course you do. Now we oftentimes disregard that by the things that we take in. But we do. We we want our body to be nourished. But what about your spiritual health? Do you think your spiritual health is impacted by what you take in? Absolutely it is. And so he says that I want you to be nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast tamed. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise. There's the next word. Do you know what's going to strengthen you? Number one is your diet. Number two is your exercise. Let me remind you, you can have a gym membership with 24-hour access and never go, and that gym membership will do you no good. You have to go. You have to exercise. You have to be disciplined. You have to put the work and the effort to it. What do they say? No pain, no gain. Is it hard sometimes to wake up and spend time with God in prayer? Yes. Is it hard sometimes to wake up and spend time in God's Word? Yes. But if you don't have any pain, you don't have any gain. How many of you want to be strengthened this morning? Say amen. Comes through your spiritual diet, comes through spiritual exercise. Write this verse down, Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 14. He talks about the intake of our diet, and then he also there again talks about exercising our senses, our spiritual senses, both to discern good and evil. Let me read this illustration that I found to you. On October 30th, 1938, a 76-year-old mill worker in Grover's Mill, New Jersey, named Bill Dock, heard something terrifying on the radio. Aliens had just landed down the road, a newscaster announced, and were rampaging throughout the countryside. Doc grabbed his double-barreled shotgun, went out into the night, prepared to face the invaders. But after investigating, as a news reporter later mentioned, he didn't see anybody he thought needed to be shooting. In fact, he had been duped by Orson Welles' radio adaptation of The War of the Worlds. It was fake news. But I wonder, what kind of impact did that fake news... You ever heard this before? What kind of of impact do you think it made? Well, it made this guy go out with a shotgun and start looking for intruders. 
You know what else happened? The next day, newspapers were full of stories like that guy. 30 men and women rushed into the West 123rd Street Police Station, ready to evacuate. Two people suffered heart attacks from shock. One caller from Pittsburgh claimed that he had barely prevented his wife from taking her own life by swallowing poison. That's the effect of bad news. And the problem with bad news is if you hear it long enough, you'll start believing it. And then, not only will you start believing it, you'll believe that it exists, but to take a precedence over that, you'll think that that's all that exists. God wants you to be strengthened. God wants you not believing the news anchor. God wants you believing His news. The good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, the second blessing that we find here is not only are you strengthened, you are accepted by God. When a person trusts Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, and if you've not done that yet, I want to encourage you, it is the greatest blessing that God could ever give you is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And He says that when you trust His salvation, He makes you to be accepted by Him. Verse number 12 tells us that the Father has made us meet. In other words, He has qualified us. He has made us fit. We're no longer ineligible to participate. He has made us eligible participants. He tells us in Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 3 and also in verse 18 that He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. This is not something that I'm going to get. This is something that you already have in Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may what? Know that you may know what is the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. So when you trust Jesus as your Savior, you have just received an inheritance that literally is out of this world. Sure, Uncle John Brown may not leave you anything when he passes away, but can I share with you that God has left you everything God has given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I love the hymn, The Family of God. Listen to this verse. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the King, no longer an outcast, but a new song I sing. From rags under riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God, I belong. How many can claim that this morning and say amen? You see, there was a time when I was not accepted, but now in Jesus I am accepted by God. And that is one of the blessings that God has given you. Remind yourself through the week, if you are saved, if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord, not only are you to be strengthened by God, but you are already accepted by God. You're not hoping one day when you die that you're going to knock on heaven's doors and just hope that you get in. He said, I've written these things that you may know that you have eternal life. Number two, he says, I want you to be, I want you to be accepted. 
And I want you to know that you are accepted. There's a lot of people that live in this world, even Christians, that keep telling themselves, I'm not accepted. This world doesn't accept me. My spouse won't accept me. My children won't accept me. My job won't accept me. My coworkers won't accept me. I can't get the promotion and therefore I'm not acceptable. And they tell themselves over and over as kids walk down the hallway of our schools. The greatest desire in their heart is to be accepted by their peers. And they'll do foolish things in order to earn acceptance. They'll go to the party and drink on Friday night. They'll smoke dope around the campfire. They'll go out and they'll ride the levee hoping that they could be accepted, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of things that people will do to try to earn acceptance. Let me tell you, that is not how you find acceptance. Jesus accepts you just the way that you are, and He loves you too much to leave you the way that He found you. You're accepted in God. That verse of that song, the family of God, says this, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side, for I'm part of the family of God. I want to encourage you today that when you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, watch this, you go from owing a debt that you cannot pay to earning an inheritance that you cannot lose. Somebody ought to say amen right there. That's good preaching. I don't care who's preaching. When you trust Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you go from owing a debt that you cannot pay to earning an inheritance that you can't lose. It doesn't matter how many times you stumble. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. You can't lose your salvation in Jesus. You ought to be assured this morning that there is neither height, nor death, nor angel, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come that can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can't lose your inheritance in Jesus. Amen. You see, there was a time in my life when I owed a debt. That's why I'm excited. Have you ever been forgiven of any debt? And you walk through your life every day miserable thinking about all the people you owe. How are you going to pay all this millions of dollars to so-and-so? How are you going to pay off this debt and pay off this debt? And then here's what we do a lot of times. We try to give it to a debt consolidation company. And they're going to rip you to pieces. You put all your debt in one place and you say, all right, we all handle it. Well, guess what? You still got to pay for it. But when you give it to Jesus, He's already paid for it. When He went to the cross of Calvary, He said, it is finished. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to go down the hallways of your school. You don't have to drive down the road thinking about taking your life because of the debt that you owe. There are people, listen to me this morning, There are people driving down the road, maybe even right now, they're so in debt over their head, they're thinking, maybe if I just hit that light pole, I can end it all. Listen to me, you don't have to do that. You don't have to walk through this life wanting to take your life. You can give it all to Jesus and let Him take care of it. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. It's incorruptible, it's undefiled, and it fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Let me give you the last one here, the final blessing. Are you ready? Say amen. You are delivered by Him. Now that's a Bible word. 
That's not a word of a certain denomination. That's a Bible word. Look at it with me. Verse 13, who hath delivered us? This isn't He's going to deliver you. He could deliver you. He has already delivered you from the power of darkness. That word power deals with authority. And when you and I were born into this world, we were born into the authority of a dark realm. We were born as children of wrath. We were born following Satan, our father. That's the life that we lived. And then one day Jesus stepped in and shed a little light in our heart and caused us to see that He is the one. He is the true one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one coming to the Father but by Him. And He wants to deliver you out of that darkness and translate you into what? The kingdom of His Son. He wants to bring you into the light. He wants to bring you into a new kingdom. What does John say about this in John chapter 3? Write this down, verse 19 and 20. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. How many glad that one day Jesus worked in your heart a desire to trust Him? Revealing to you, illuminating to you, shedding light in your life to cause you to see that there was darkness and that there was more to this life than the darkness you were presently in. You say, how does He do this? Well, verse number 14 tells us it's through His Son that we have redemption through His blood. It's the forgiveness of sins. There is neither salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. Men aren't going to heaven because of their name. We're not going to heaven because of our last name. We're not going to heaven because of how much money we put in an offering plate. You're not going to go to heaven because how many times you've been baptized in a baptistry pool. You're not going to heaven because of church membership. You're going to heaven through Jesus Christ when you have a relationship with Him. I like what Dr. Bill Jenkins said on the devotional on Friday with the community prayer down. He said this. He said, a Roman Catholic can be a Catholic having never met the Pope. A Buddhist having never met Buddha. A Jehovah's Witness having never met Taz Russell. A Mormon having never met Joseph Smith. But you cannot be a Christian until you meet Jesus. And this morning, Jesus is making Himself available to you. He wants you, number one, to be strengthened. He wants you to be, number two, accepted. And number three this morning, He wants you to be delivered. Delivered from the kingdom of darkness to be delivered to the kingdom of light through His Son, Jesus. He wants to redeem you. That means to purchase you. We're not our own. We are purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. And that purchase price is of a great value. You may think that you're not of much value. You may think that you're worthless. You may think that you have nothing to offer. But can I share with you this morning that your worth is not based on what others see you as. Your worth is not based on what you see yourself as. Your worth is based on what someone is willing to pay. And do you know that God loved you so much and valued you so much and saw so much worth in your life 
that He wasn't just willing to come, but He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to come and to pay a price for your sin and mine, to become a ransom for our pardon and to purchase us with His precious blood. The word translate says He's translated us from darkness to light. Are you ready? This is going to be good. Are you ready? Say amen. Help me now. It means, are you, are you sure you're ready? Because remember, we're talking about kingdoms. We're talking about powers here. It means to remove from office. In other words, here's a modern day word for you, impeach. And I think it's high time that somebody here today impeaches the devil out of their life and says, you ain't welcome here anymore. And let God take control. And just like that man in the beginning of our sermon today who had that roach infestation, what he needed to do is pick up the phone and call for help from someone who had a higher authority and authorization to use something that he didn't have. He says, no problem. I'll be there immediately. Just open up the door and give me access. Just give me access. And that's what God wants from you today. He wants you to say, Jesus, I've got a problem. It's called sin. I am S-I-N positive. And Jesus, I've tried dealing with the problem by myself. You ever try to deal with a roach problem by yourself? It's impossible. Lord, I've got a problem and I have tried everything. I've tried religion. I've tried running to other things to deal with the problem. I've tried relationships. I've even tried riches. But Lord, none of that has fixed my problem. In fact, it just seems to keep getting worse and worser. Is that a word? Worser and worser and worser. And Jesus, I need you. And today, I'm confessing I'm a sinner. And you are the Savior. And from this day forward, I'm going to give you my life. Maybe you're listening today and you say, you know what, I want to do that. Maybe you'd consider praying a prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I have a sin problem in my life. And I realize today that you're the only one that can fix it. Lord, you are God. You are perfect. And you died on the cross for my sin. Lord, I turn away now from my sin. I know I won't be perfect, Jesus. But with every breath of my life from this day forward, I want to pursue You. I want to be accepted by You. I want to be strengthened by You. And today, I want to be delivered by You. Let me give you this illustration as I close. In 1929, this is important, I want you to listen. In 1929, a man named George Wilson robbed a mail carrier and killed him. He was sentenced to die. But there was a miracle. He received a presidential pardon. To the shock of the Oval Office, that day that he received that pardon, he rejected the pardon that had been made available to him. The President of the United States 
the most powerful man in this world had just set that man free. But he rejected it. They bring word back and it goes before the Supreme Court. And here was the ruling on the case. If the President of the United States gives you a pardon, aren't you accepted? Or aren't you pardoned? No. A pardon rejected is no pardon at all. Unless the recipient of the pardon actually receives the pardon, then the pardon cannot be applied to their file. And there's a lot of people in this world, Jesus has made His pardon available. But He's waiting on you to accept that pardon and trust Him for your salvation. Maybe you're here today and you're listening and you're saying, you know what, I've already trusted Jesus to be my Savior, but I'm having a struggle. I struggle to remember how great a salvation it really is. Oh, I know it's great. But sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I struggle with things in my life and you name them, you know yourself better than I do and the Holy Spirit knows you better than you do. So I'm going to let Holy Spirit do what He does. If you're struggling with that, would you please don't leave this room today. Don't let this close. Don't let this sermon close out without giving your struggle to Jesus. and Say, Lord, You have all access. Whatever You need to do, I'm willing. Have you gotten to that place to where you're willing to say that? Let's pray. Father, take this time of invitation, reflection. Lord, help us. Minister to us, Lord Jesus. Let Your Holy Spirit reprove and convince. In Jesus' name, if you're here and you say, you know what, I think I want to know Jesus as my Savior. I want to invite you to come forward in just a moment. But maybe you're listening today and you say, I want to trust Jesus. I want you to text the word Jesus. Text the word Jesus. Maybe you're in here today and you say, you know what, I'm not comfortable going forward I'm not comfortable doing that, but I want to take out my phone and I want to text that number, Jesus, 205-0600-870-205-0600. Let us know about that decision. This message was brought to you by First Baptist Church of Lambrook, Arkansas. To hear more messages like this one, or if we can be of service to you in any way, please contact us at www.fbclambrook.com. We would love to hear from you. God bless you, and thank you for listening.